Welcome back to season four of Comic Book Nation, your one-stop spot for all things geek culture and the big representative of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw. And with me today are my co-hosts, Janelle Wheeler. Hello, everybody. And Matthew Aguilar. What up? And guys, uh, like I said, we're your one-stop spot for all things geek culture, but this week we weren't the only ones. There was also another big stop where you could go for big things geek culture, and that was CinemaCon 2022. So we are going to recap CinemaCon and talk about all the things we want to talk about and are excited for. Plus, we are going to go through and rank our villain picks. The Batman 2 has been announced, so now we are going to give you guys our pick for the villain of that movie, because it's a hot topic out there, hey. and we got some stuff to say. <laughs> Plus, we got to talk about the latest episodes of both Moon Knight and the Halo TV series, which streams on the excellent Paramount Plus, along with us, Comic Book Nation. So subscribe to us on all your uh, podcast platforms and stream us on Paramount Plus. But all right, like I said, we got a lot to do, so we are wasting no time. Let's get to it. Let's get. Oh uh, yeah, I got no, my tabs. God. Let's get my tabs organized. At least you didn't do like the. See, I need things like that. We were talking bad boy, man. <laughs> I mean, we got a yeah. Matt's on a young jock kick today. I don't know what's happening on this Friday. It's been a weird love, week, so I love uh, yeah. expression. <laughs> I know he's so like over it with me. No, I'm not over it. I just. <laughs> I just have a dad face and I have to keep moving through a you lot of stuff all the time. Face. Like all the time, yeah, I can't get, I have to stay nonplussed oh through God, a lot these that's days. that's great. Yeah, but um, all right. Daddy, <laughs> let daddy take you to CinemaCon. All right, here we go. So CinemaCon 2022, um, we're just gonna stop by because we didn't get, we all of us were here, so we didn't get to see a lot of this, but there's a lot of cool stuff out there on comicbook.com right now. On the DC side, we got, like we said, the announcement that the Batman 2 is happening. Everybody is shocked. We <laughs> should do our victory lap around here because we, we were talking about Batman not very long, not much longer ago. Oh yeah, I mean, we last week we were just rewatching and talking about how, how great it were is. and how. And then, great I'm not it saying is. that's yeah. the reason why. I'm just saying. No, I mean the rest of the world apparently felt you know kind of sort of the same way, and so here we are with the Batman two coming. But um, we are gonna put a pin in that because we are gonna talk about what villains we each want to see in this, and we're gonna try to rank them as our picks. And that's later in the show, so be sure to stay tuned for that. But we got to see the rest of the DC slate. They showed off things from the things we're not going to get this year, like uh, The Flash, uh, Aquaman. We got to see some things from Shazam and Black Adam, which are both arriving this year. And uh, it sounded like all that stuff is pretty on track to be pretty fun, look pretty good. Everybody's excited. Yeah. Uh, so that was that. Moving on to, so that was uh, Warner Brothers, DC, that's kind of what hit for us over there. Yeah. The other, moving on to Disney, uh, the big thing that we got to see at Disney was finally Avatar 2, which is called Avatar The Way of Water, because yeah. apparently we did not know the way water worked before James Cameron's about to tell us the way of water. But uh, people got to see the first footage of Avatar 2. We aren't one of them. But uh, people got the 3D, uh, 3D glasses and uh, they got to see it. And apparently, uh, I mean, James Cameron's looking pretty, pretty sweet. I mean, it's been a forever wait. We were like four timelines ago when Avatar came out. And yeah, but apparently... You know, Cameron did it again. I just don't care. I was it. honestly surprised. I don't care about it yet, but once they give part. me the 3D glasses again, like, I think I will care. Because no, I just don't care, period. I didn't, well, I didn't I mean, the first one. I didn't care about the first one. All right, there you go. Matt care. says, die Pandora. There you go. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't say die Pandora. Yeah. I know, I'm just messing with you. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, the first Avatar was crazy good with the 3D technology. It, I mean, it like just looked incredible. Yeah. yeah, like, and it still looks better than 90% of the things people tried to pass off as 3D mm -hmm. since then. So, 
I'm still good and I'm, I'm kind of excited. I'm, from what I'm hearing, people are saying this is going to be legit. So yeah. I think I'm most concerned for is Aquaman. Me like, too. Yeah. Avatar comes out at the end of the year, then we get yeah. Aquaman early next year. Yeah. And James Wan supposedly is making new underwater technology yeah. for Aquaman. But what does that mean in the James Cameron world? I don't know. I don't. I honestly do not uh, know. But that's a really good point. It's not the only thing I'm worried about Aquaman, but... Uh, I know. We'll but there's just, a lot. Uh, we'll leave that there. We'll leave that there. <laughs> and Flash. Here. I mean, there's, there's <laughs> Keep a watching your seabed, Aquaman. Keep watching yeah. your seabed. Let's move on. So... Avatar 2 is coming, but uh, the other thing we got to see from the Disney side, <laughs> what is that? I'm waiting. I'm waiting oh. to get to the best thing. Oh, the big thing we got to, oh. Why don't you go ahead? Go what? Ahead. No. No, I, no, go ahead. You're, you're really I thought excited. That's how we I were think, going to launch. I feel like you should go, go ahead. Yeah. Rescue Rangers. There you go. <laughs> was so ridiculously fun. How is that not fun? Like the, when that when that thing was announced and the cast announced, it was great. And then we saw like footage and you see the voices and you hear the voices, sorry, and you see like the 3D, 2D split <laughs> and the Roger Rabbit vibes. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm so pumped for that. That like stole I, the whole cinema count for me. Yeah, and I mean, wow. there you go. There yeah. you go. Uh, yes, yes, guys. We're also getting El Muerto. People in the comments are shouting out <laughs> El Muerto in WTF <laughs> news. Uh, yes, Disney is developing an uh, Marvel character, El Muerto, with Bad That's Bunny. That's right, yeah, Bad Bunny. That's yeah, Bad really Bunny, interesting. Which, you know, yeah. Bad Bunny, man, like, I just want to... Oh, oh. I have not been doing this reality thing right. Like, Bad Bunny is just shaping a reality that I, it, I, like, <laughs> I just need to be a part of. He just does whatever. Yeah, he, he moves out his dreams. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. WrestleMania. Just wall to wall, live out my dreams. I'm a music star, I'm a wrestler, it's now I'm going to be a Marvel and hero. by the way, he like, did great. Like, he killed it, too. It wasn't yeah. like... The when they like when people throw out the first pitch of a game and it's terrible, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, okay, maybe we shouldn't have done that. One. Like, no, he went into the ring and killed it and yeah. came back. Like, it's awesome. Man. So, uh, yeah, El Muerto is a luchador themed Marvel hero. If you don't know anything about him, nobody does. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Nobody does. Okay. He's been in, he has like two or three appearances in comics. But, but that's really a, in Marvel? Yeah. Why did they choose? Why well, it's kind of like a blank slate. You can okay. let him kind of paint his canvas on I mean, it. I it's basically going to be who's El Muerto? It's Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah Bad Bunny the movie <laughs> with Marvel. Marvel got in the Bad Bunny business. And that's said, cool with yes. that. Do your thing. Don't even strain it. You, we got a guy so who's great. a wrestler. You want to be a superhero? You want to be a wrestler? All right. Yeah. You're going to do the soundtrack? Awesome. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, here um, we go. Man, it's gonna be it's so. Gonna be uh, yeah, El Muerto. Thanks for that reminder. <laughs> Somebody comic book star, comic book Twitch thing says El Muerto is so deadly he killed his own Wikipedia page. Um, all <laughs> oh right, God, but uh, that's Rescue Rangers that El Muerto. Um, we also got to see, or not we, the collective we, universally yeah, collective. got to see uh, new footage from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Of course, we weren't at CinemaCon, but. We had an agent get out there and uh, we got a little screening of it for ourselves and yeah. we sent someone to check that out. Janelle <laughs> they were, Wheeler. They were like, hey, who of you guys can make this? And I I was the first person. I was like, I'm there. And everybody else was like, I have a life. And I'm like, no, I can drop everything to go see this. Uh, so I did that and it was amazing. Um, obviously, like, I'm not going to spoil anything because I don't feel, we're so close. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Giving yeah, away yeah. anything is just yeah. cruel at this point. But I can say that the visuals are absolutely stunning. Like, it felt so good to see them on the big screen because we've seen a lot of that, um, like that purple kind of solar-y area where he and America are running around. And um, like on my phone or PC, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. And seeing that specifically on the big screen was beautiful. It was gorgeous. Um, I, I will say it was a 
a little more violent than I expected Ooh, in some battle scenes, more than one. And um, and I am just like loving Strange's vibe in this. Like he is so funny with Wong. Like they're great. And seeing these characters and like obviously there's going to be so much crossover from you know all of the other films and the MCU. And there is mention of like what happened in Spider Man. Like quick. Yeah. Um, and that's great. Like it just feels like it ties together really good. I'm probably the worst person to judge this though because I'm obsessed with. Yeah, strange. you're you're a strange dude. Uh, yeah. yeah, I am. Yeah. But I will say that my biggest complaint in like the movie posters was that they were giving more attention to like Wanda or any of these like other characters, and it it did not bug me at all. Like the film is still Doctor Strange, but you get so many appearances too. So how was Tom Cruise? He was great. Just messing with you. We're just messing with you. We're just messing with you. Yeah, yeah. El Muerto was bad buddy killed One One comment from the, one question from the comment is, does it feel like horror? No, it didn't feel like horror to me yet. But it, but it, felt a little bit more like aggressive. Okay. All and, right. And interesting, but it didn't get nightmarish yet or anything like that. She said with a wink. All right, there we go. <laughs> so that is our inside scoop on what we saw from Dr. Strange. By this time next week, we will, I know some of us will have seen it. Seen it. Yeah, seen it. So you will find a variant of us here next week that can talk to you about Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. So stay tuned for all that. This is not the time to bail out of this show. So that's what was Disney. Um, Sony, Matt, you're also excited about what Sony, about one thing from Sony in particular. Ghostbusters sequel. But my, uh, my thing is that we still don't know. I've seen conflicting reports. I've seen some that say it's a sequel to Afterlife and, and a bunch that said it was just, they don't know what it is, but it's just a sequel to Ghostbusters. I'm hoping, I really enjoyed Afterlife, so I'm hoping we get that cast back. You know, we don't have to bring everybody back, obviously, but can we bring the core group back of this new generation? Because that was part of the fun of it. So I hope we continue that storyline. I really enjoyed that movie a lot. And I'm not mm -hmm. a huge Ghostbusters, like, stand. So yeah. I, that came from someone kind of mainstream. Yeah, other things that Sony did was announce that Venom 3 is going into oh, production. Yeah, so we're getting Venom. I'm <laughs> excited about and this. And El Muerto, we should clarify, El Muerto is a Sony oh, production. Yeah. It's Got not you. a Marvel Studios production. Yeah. Um, the other big thing that's coming is Across the Spider-Verse, which we saw test footage from Across the Spider-Verse, which we have all in comic book dot com marvel and it's pretty crazy it has like spider gwen um fighting a vulture or a crazy kind of comedic version of the vulture that's kind of like da vinci italian that's great um and she gets an assistant from, from spider-man 2099 oscar isaac everywhere and sure, you know we get introduced to jessica drew Issa Rae's jessica drew in the scene so it's pretty crazy um and the producers have said some crazy things about how many universes we'll see there's gonna be like six of them mm -hmm. there's gonna be 240 characters in this I just wrote an article before we just got in here saying Chris Miller had to clarify that saying he's talking about everybody like background characters yeah, yeah, like all that not, stuff uh, yeah. because we're going to all these dimensions like the first film yeah. I think he said had 40 or 50 characters all together oh talking God. like background characters and all that wow. stuff for like Brooklyn and the different places they went. So we're not going to get 40, 240 unique characters you've got to keep track of. Uh, we're just going to get, you know, there's yep. going to be multiple universes that have to be populated. And so, like, it's a crazy workload. And in different styles, no less. Issa Rae's Escadrille is going to be amazing. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I have complete faith. I mean, she's pregnant, and she's pregnant in this. She's five months pregnant, like in this scene. So wow. it's gonna be crazy. There's gonna be some jokes. In Look, there. if if like if core MCU could get, they, they've already in just a little bit have knocked that character so far out of the park. I'm really hoping the rest delivers, obviously, but like, just use this as a template, please. Yeah. yeah. MCU. <laughs> <laughs> and as far as, I mean, the Flash, people are asking about the Flash movie. Now it's still happening. Uh, they showed off stuff from it. Keaton's going to be de-aged. There's like a bunch of stuff going on there that they showed from that. So That's awesome. Yeah, still in the works. But um, that's Sony. Moving right along, Universal. Yeah, the trailer for uh, Jurassic World Dominion dropped universal dropped that kind of a final trailer for that movie mm -hmm. and man uh i forgot to put the link in here sorry but uh yeah it is crazy it is crazy good so if we don't have that here sorry about that but you guys should go and check that out because the i don't think my hype was like at all that big for this movie yeah same. until this trailer and then i was like okay well Shocking. yeah this looks amazing yeah uh colin trevorrow has done it i mean and the visuals look real polished and amazing in this and just the premise of the dinosaurs being out in the yeah. world, them yeah, trying to solve like these us. issues. Yeah, yeah. And like the original, how the original cast is going to kind of come into it. It all looks like it comes together and might be one of the best of the series. So I am real hyped Me for too. Jurassic World Dominion. Mm -hmm. And now back home, back full circle around the home to here to the lovely Paramount where we got the announcement. I mean, there's a lot happening on Paramount. We got all kinds of Star Trek good stuff happening, but uh on the movie side, for CinemaCon, we got the name, uh, the title for Mission Impossible 7, which will be Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, great. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Oh, there I am. Laid there. on the switch, but there we are on the crazy eyes. Dead Reckoning <laughs> Part 1. But uh, yeah, so we're going to get Mission Impossible. I love it. I love it. And uh, yeah, we got that. And we're also going to get a Quiet Place Day 1, which will be the next A Quiet Place movie, but will be a prequel. And if you saw A Quiet Place 2, I'm not mad at this because that opening sequence of them the first day that the, everything landed and everything went ballistic was truly like, I mean, I love A Quiet Place 2, but like the most edge of your seat, like kind yeah. of freaky yeah, part shocking. of that was. I was surprised that I really loved that. That opening. And so yeah. like seeing day one and just the scramble of people trying to deal with that. I like what they're doing with this franchise. I mean, they're finding smart ways to keep this going. Um, and like, yeah, and it's crazy that like this whole thing is not passed a whole bunch of time. This whole franchise, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. But anyway, so I, I'm looking forward to that because that'll be just filled with nuts kind oh, of stuff yeah. with people Heck trying yeah. to like survive. And you see what they can do expanding the cast to like people like Killian Murphy. So that's gonna be great. All right. Mm -hmm. So that was CinemaCon. Did we hit anything? Did we miss anything? You guys were really kind of uh, excited for out there. I mean, Chad is asking. So is the Flash movie not happening? No, it's still happening. Yeah, yeah. They're still that. leaning into it, but it's 2023. Yeah, it's 2023. I mean, it got delayed, and uh, yeah, no, they're still heavily leaning into this. I mean, uh, is it looking good for it? I don't know. That's a debate <laughs> we can have elsewhere. But, uh, <laughs> All right, All right so um, moving on from uh, CinemaCon, we are going to move into TV. So that was movies. Let's talk about TV. So uh, TV this week. Uh, we've been following the Halo series, which, you know, we have universally been praising and not just because we get checks from Paramount, because it's actually been a really good series. And this latest episode, episode six, picked up with the aftermath of the big battle we kind of broke down last episode. And this was very much a development episode. It was just kind of moving the pieces around after this big event that happened and setting up like, you know, the final arc of the series. So we're not going to get too much into it. There wasn't any big headlines that we need to hear. I'm just here to say, yeah, Halo's awesome. I'm, I'm still behind this series. We're 
This is episode six. We got nine total in season one. And so, yeah, so, I mean, like, I'm very much liking the series. And this was a very performance heavy mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. And uh, again, a great cast and just good stuff happening on that this sci-fi show. With Chief, where he sticks Halsey. <laughs> In oh the, yeah! In the room, oh my gosh. that scene is as tense. So great! And it's so good. Oh my god! Like that that scene stood out for me. Yeah. From mm -hmm. everything, it was it was a great episode. But yeah, I agree. A yeah. lot of this is the stuff that we talk about though that is so important because these are the episodes that do all the work. Right. And then we get two episodes from now or whatever a giant fight. Yeah, the payoff. But I will care about the fight because of stuff like this. Right? Yeah. It's so good. So yeah, Halo, Paramount Plus every week. Check that out. I mean, it's crazy though. Like Paramount Plus had me this week. I was watching me Star too. Trek Picard, yeah. Halo, The Offer. Yeah. Like I was like, man, I can't get out of here. 1883, <laughs> I'm still liking. Like, man. The Grammys. Guys, like what what other streaming service is also gonna let you watch live TV at the same time? Is Disney gonna let you watch live and stuff? And iCarly. And iCarly. Is Disney gonna let you watch live <laughs> stuff? Does Netflix have live anything? No. <laughs> you wanna keep paying Halo? You wanna keep playing Hulu extra money for live? Or you can get Paramount Plus, <laughs> stream the NFL, the Grammys, oh my God. all kinds of great I stuff. I did watch Boom. the Grammys. I did. Yeah. I, I couldn't find yeah. it anywhere except for. All Paramount right, Plus. all right, and tons of amount of programming. All right, so, <laughs> Comic Book Nation streaming on Paramount Plus. What isn't streaming on Paramount Plus is Moon Knight. So let's talk about Moon Knight's latest app. Um, yeah, this is the one we're going to dig into a little bit. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> about what they mentioned bushman <laughs> yeah you were yeah, you were totally like, hey. right yeah matt was right my theory went down the tubes that jake lockley would be the one who was playing the bushman role in this we got i mean this episode did a tricky thing it very much went inside literally and figuratively figuratively of mark specter but mm -hmm. it was also a lot of world building for the future yeah. mm -hmm. in several key ways um yeah we found out we heard the name bushman finally as Mark's kind of commanding officer from the military and his whole kind of getting discharged because he was nuts and yeah. having to work for Bushman and how that all went down. And we saw a very violent kind of bloody origin yeah. of how he became Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, we still haven't met Bushman, obviously. Probably hasn't been cast yet. Or, right. So that's coming later or that'll be kind of the future in the MCU. But uh, yeah. But we also got this really intense kind of character study episode that was really dark and man, Oscar Isaac, like he nailed it. Yeah, this uh, I mean, he is carrying this show on his back like something crazy. Yeah. Crazy yeah. good. Like, and just the interaction of him just acting with himself and just <laughs> this deep, powerful interaction between Mark and Steven and everything that they have to go through through their memories. And uh we hate this in comic books, but I kind of love it in these episodes, like yeah. when WandaVision did it. And now this, like, Moon Knight has done it when they go back through the characters, like, you know, backstory. Origin, yeah. You know, origin. And, but like, this was check. so, I agree with you. And I also, we, we talked about it before, right? Where they dip into this, like, uh, mental plane and you're not sure. Like, some of that stuff can feel very, like, we're not moving the story forward. I didn't mm -hmm. feel like that at all in no. this no. whole episode. They did such a good job. I mean, just the stair scene. When he keeps going up the stairs, Steven keeps moving up and he's like, no, no, don't go there. And it's like another chapter. It's another chapter. Like he keeps shutting doors. That The way they did this was fan yeah. fantastic. That was all hostile, yeah, this hard is one for of me the, to watch sometimes. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. it was. And this was one of the best episodes about dealing with like trauma, mental Oof, yeah. illness, mm -hmm. abuse, things like that. Like, yeah, just the way they put together the memories and did that, all of that. It was really crazy. It was really heartbreaking. Good. And as you rewatch yeah. it, there's so many crazy details in there. Like, 
when they go to the memory, and we'll talk about his brother, but like when they go to the memory of the day Randall died, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he's sitting there and they're both drawing before they run off to the cave and he's drawing a fish that only has one fin and they keep making fun of him because he draws fish that only have one fin. Yeah. And that's like why the fish was so important to him in the first episode. And it's just like, yeah, yeah there's so much that when you rewatch this series, it is very rewarding when you begin to know now and like i would love to go back and watch the first episode i haven't yet but now that you see the origin oh, of like absolutely. how steven took over yeah and from the well that's what i loved most was that how just the subtle flip of why steven because you always assume that mark is the defender personality or that right. jake is the defender personality but yeah. it's not in the way the show does it is really interesting that steven is actually the defender personality because of mm-hmm. the fearless thing right yep. like that's that's why, okay, I have to I have to retreat into him. He's my defender, but not in your typical way you would associate a right. defender of yeah. somebody. I thought that was just very powerful. Like mm-hmm. that whole scene was very powerful. So Yeah, I mean, and just again, it's Oscar Isaac acting with himself, but the thing where he tells him, like, it's not your fault, you yeah. were a kid. Like, yeah. Man. like yeah, you just yeah, that got that gets it's to you really hard. Like good. and yeah, and so Moon Knight, and, and I wanna hammer in, I just kinda wanna focus in on this because this episode, I think, is the core of what this Moon Knight series is really about. It's not really about getting the hero on some big adventure and stopping mm-hmm. the bad guy. Of course, we're going to do that in the obligatory episode <laughs> six fight, <laughs> yeah. whatever. But it was an origin story in the sense that there was a hero that was already has his powers, but really doesn't have his identity quite literally mm-hmm. figured out. And so this is him kind of getting it together and becoming the Moon Knight we'll see going forward. And so, like, yeah, this was really kind of the climax of that mm-hmm. journey. I mean, not yet, because, I mean, there's so much we got to do in this last episode. Yeah, because, spoilers, some real heavy stuff happens at the end of Which this one. Which I'm amazed they held that much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we still haven't, <laughs> we still don't have Jake. Like, the yeah. save all of that for your, oh, man, I don't know. That's going to be hard. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, we are way down. Because I wrote an article called, you know, Will Moon Knight's Finale Deliver? Because we are way, way, way down. Yeah. Like, I know you have to start down with the hero a little bit when you're yeah. trying to get to the finale, but we are literally in favor of Like, he's underground. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's dead. Like, Mark is yeah. dead. Steven's dead. Like, they're both dead. Double dead. They're double dead, yeah. <laughs> they're mentally dead, and they're physically dead, and we have to get both of them out of mental death. Get out of the end afterlife. Get back to the physical get world. Conchu yeah. back, get Conchu back, by the way. back. Just so you have your powers back. Just so we can have this ending fight. So yeah, don't think about Jake. I, I think that what's gonna Jake is gonna be like the teaser at the end of this. Like mm-hmm. Moon Knight's gonna be like, well, that's good. We defeated the bad guy, and I've got it all together. Yeah. And there's just gonna be a guy in the mirror, like man. See, so I don't. But that yeah. bums me out. You guys don't think that Jake was in the final part of this episode where he's talking to. The therapist? No, the, uh, the theory. Yes, there's. A, I mean, there's theories that you've been seeing Jake all along, and if yeah. you go back and watch specific parts, I mean, from the very first episode, the guy who asked the girl out yeah. on a date, obviously. But like we said, there was a one when they go into the tomb, and there's a guy in the mirror that mm-hmm. one time that everybody assumes is Mark, but yeah, it, it's been just if, it's not. Here's my thing: if they do that, I will be annoyed because the whole okay. point, my whole thing was by the end of this show, I want him to be. Fully a, developed. A fu- fully yeah. just developed when it comes to his personalities and like mm-hmm. giving us a platform to then move forward, right? Into like more, to me, probably more interesting territory that, and mixing with the general MCU. If we're holding out like one huge aspect of his personality, I will feel like really cut some other stuff and make room for that. Cause that's that I don't want another movie 
like for him to be involved and him still trying to figure that out. Like I want to see him at a certain point. So I will be a little bummed in that re- respect if they go, no, we're holding that for later. I'm like, oh, I think you're going to have to be bummed critical. because I don't think there's enough time in this episode. <laughs> there's to not. Right. There's not. Have to, to do it right. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't you think there is. Jake, but like, if yeah. they do it that way, where it was, hey, he's he's been here all along and then they reveal something that is like, you've been seeing him, here's where he is. Okay, I'd be okay with that because again, we're still by the end of the yeah. show doing what I want them to do. <laughs> and remember, I, I mean, I said this last week too, I think in this MCU structure, it's gonna be different. Like you said, Steven's like the good side, the, the yeah. protector, the good mm-hmm. thing. I think Jake's gonna be the dark side, like the one, yeah. the beast on the leash, and Mark is the one in the middle. And so I think going forward, it's gonna be Moon Knight, but Moon Knight comes with a danger of right. freaking out. But that's out interesting to me, stuff. and I, yeah. that's how I want him to leave here. I don't want us to then have to do another thing with him no, no, no. to get there. Right. No, so I, don't think, I, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a whole like Jake like drama. Right. I think Jake is going to be pretty established as being that's like, what I want. dark Moon Knight, and when Jake comes out, like everybody should be scared <laughs> right. of Moon Knight. Right, that's perfect. Yeah. That's and how so, I would like, be yeah, It's going to be kind of the horror guy. But, um, all right, so that's Moon Knight. Uh, we're all skeptical about this finale, but uh, good luck, Marvel, because this has been a good series so far. I hope we're like come back and we're like, hey, they killed it. They yeah, I mean, yeah. so do I. I mean, that's my hope. I yeah, obviously, like, I, like I, I don't. Will. I don't want this to go badly. I believe after all this work that Oscar Isaac's put in. Are you kidding me? I believe. All right, so because uh, quick things before we go to break. Um, so Randall, we don't see Randall's death, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm kind of on the fence. But there is this weird suggestion in the memory that Conchu could have been involved with this whole act because mm-hmm. as they go into the cave, they find the bird bones, and that's Conchu. Mm-hmm. And there is this kind of suggestion that Steven starts to put together that you know Conchu's been messing with you or like grooming you for a long time, yeah, and, like, manipulating. Yeah, Steven wow. even kind of says like he's just been using you. Yeah, like, he's very much adamant that I, that would be an interesting twist. Wow. And I think so because we know that in the comics and people have been freaking out already, Randall is his brother but becomes this very kind of mastermind villain who kind of hangs back in the shadows for a lot of Mark's life. And, you know, they had a much different origin. They were both mercenaries until things, they fell out with each other. But, you know, that he comes back into his life eventually and he even becomes, thinks he's going to become like the next um, avatar of Khonshu becomes this good thing called Shadow Knight wow. and his whole thing. He, there's a Hatchet Man thing, but we don't have to get into all that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Comics! Yeah, yeah. so there's speculation that, you know, if Khonshu has been manipulating this and playing with this, maybe his brother isn't really dead or resurrected, and that would be kind of the Shadow Knight version of this in the MCU. Um, which Zombie Moon Knight, Shadow Knight, you know, is a soul resurrected. I mean, it's not too too crazy from where we are currently. Yeah. Um, so that's on the table. I'm fine with Conchu being involved in that, but I don't think the brother should come back because that's literally what shaped. Yeah, I mean, like, that's my question. Yeah, I agree. That I is think, what shaped. Is it the emotional payoff of, of killing him is better? Yes. I think, I yeah, the way they did it, the way I actually feel like if you mess with that, you're just screwing up a good thing. Yeah. I feel like it's too, uh, really gets too soap thing. opera. Yeah. And also, you know, Shadow Knight is a cool concept. <laughs> Is I think, it? <laughs> I think here's the thing. I think Shadow Knight works better as Jake's avatar. Mm-hmm. If you're going to keep doing things, you're going to lean into the darkness aspect of him, and everyone else already has one. Give him that. Let that concept and cool design be him, and then just let it be. I don't need you to like bring back. <laughs> I, don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think that messes with it. And also, I just find the stuff that's currently being done with like the second fist and all that stuff way more interesting and expansive to that than doing. Hey, let's bring him back. 
because it's very it can be very one note. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so I don't know. I, I like. I don't think better. I don't think Shadow Knight ever was like a concept that jumped off like so. Not like they wanted it to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I like um, Hunter's Moon is like is a better character, yeah. like yeah. you said. So. Yeah, we can skip all that, but um, I'm interested to see what they do with Bushman. And uh, yeah, all right, Moon Knight. We gotta see how this all Moon comes together. Um, some people said the hippo. They didn't. They love the hippo character, but they didn't like her having an English accent. Just remember, this is like kind of Mark's right Stephen slash Stephen's interpretation mm. of all this. That's why they're in an asylum. Yeah, and, and, and so they're like, even yeah. like, hey, this is the first. You know, yeah. like it's yeah. very tailored to them. So yes, yeah. let's That's not get too point. bogged down and all that. That's but a good um. Point. All right, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're having it out. We are going to try to help the next Batman movie come correct with the right villain, and we have each picked three villains that we are, have ranked as our top picks, and we are going to present them to you guys and see which one of us gets your approval the most, because the internet is good for that, right? <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a break. This is Comic Book Nation. Come on back with us. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, your one-stop spot for all things geek culture. We just broke down what happened at CinemaCon with all the big movies coming up and what happened in Geek TV this week with Moon Knight and Halo. Now we are going to take on our main topic of this episode, which is the Batman 2. Bom, bom, bom. So the Batman's getting a sequel, <laughs> but the big question that a lot of DC fans have is who should be the villain of this next Batman movie or villains? If you want to go that route, I've been kind of uh, liking just having one central villain. But I mean, this one, the first one, admittedly had like technically three to four. I was gonna say, yeah, I mean, there was Penguin, Catwoman, and Penguin, Catwoman, Catwoman Cal yeah. Falcone, yeah. And you, but you can do that in the yeah. Batman world, yeah, yeah exactly, because yeah. it's a whole world now. So, with that in mind, we are gonna go around and uh, we'll each go. I think we'll go from. Uh, well, do we have to do it how we have it written out here? I don't know. No, no, I. they were just in here. So. Okay, so. <laughs> However you want to do it. When you're yeah, we'll each go from our third picks and then we'll work up cool. to number right. one. Oh, third. Okay, cool. So I'm going to go first. And my third pick was, I think we. I think on the finish sheet, I remember this backwards than what I have in here. So I think I said, the. I think Peter has it down as Peacekeeper. Is Peacekeeper my third pick? I believe so. I, I totally submitted my backwards too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my mine God. are so wrong. Oh boy. <laughs> Actually, mine are like stacked in the wrong order. Oh my Poor God. Thing. I'm so sorry. All right, so I'm gonna go with Peacekeeper. <laughs> so my first pick is Peacekeeper for the Batman villain. If you do not know, that's uh, okay because Peacekeeper was a recent addition to the Batman lore with James Tinian, who did, uh, what was that called? Fear State, the Fear State event which should be out in trade right now, mm -hmm. so you can check out Fear State. But basically what happened in Fear State was there was this event at Arkham called A-Day where somebody Joker-gassed all of Arkham Asylum and, you know, it sent Gotham into a new state of chaos and, and Sorry, just kind of paranoia. And it allowed this new industrial named Simon Saint to come in, and he brought what was called the Peacekeeper Initiative, which was a whole, you know, privately owned, you know, technologically advanced police system with its own tech-boosted cyber cops called Peacekeepers. And he basically uh, locked Gotham down as a police state with drones and these, you know, cyber cops and all of that stuff. So, why do I think this is a great pick, <coughs> excuse me, for the Batman 2? 
Well, my picks, as you're going to find out, come from the logic point of seeing where we ended in the Batman and what kind of themes Matt Reeves was looking at in that film and seeing how do we best take those forward into a sequel. So Gotham City is trashed and flooded. It's been come like virtually a no man's land. It's cut off. It's on its own. And my feeling is in that kind of literal state of existence, this would be a great way to introduce the concept of a very wealthy industrialist coming and saying, no, this is what happens with cities right now. I can build a better city, you know, through this means of law and order and starts to make these kind of cops and you get, you know, these RoboCop type guy who's Peacekeeper One who has yeah. his own story. Uh, Matt Reeves is obviously not going full comic book, but this Batman does use a lot of gadgets mm -hmm. in this. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of technology in the yeah. Batman when you step back and begin looking at the case and how they investigate it. So technology is not off the table. It's just yeah. got to be fitted for this kind of universe. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's there. Uh, also, by the time this movie comes out, I think we'll have a lot to talk about, about just, you know, what kind of world we're living in where these kind of very wealthy industrialists just kind of come in and just say... Well, I'm taking control of this aspect of society, law and order, and I'm going to make it the way I want it. <laughs> and this is the way we should do things. I wonder what. Is yeah, timely, here? right? In timely. the chat, Chris says, so Elon Musk is going to be the villain. <laughs> exactly. And that's, yes. And I want that version of Simon yeah, Saint. I want to yeah. take the Simon Saint yeah. character and tweak him so everybody mm. knows what we're talking about, right? Yeah. And so, like, yes. And, you know, obviously this all goes bad for Simon Saint. And there's a lot of room to do what the Batman did. Because Scarecrow is a very vital part of Fear State mm -hmm. and helping Simon State, State do this stuff before it all goes sideways. And I think this would be great for the Batman to kind of examine, mm -hmm. you know, what is law and order? You know, these modern ideas of people privatizing and controlling things and, and saying, you know, this is what Gotham needs. It sets up an antagonist that in a tweet story, Batman has to fight, you know, peacekeepers and, and avoid and become a, you know, not just a vigilante, but a fugitive in his own city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Bruce Wayne has to get out and do something and begin to question, you know, what if this is what a guy's doing with his wealth and influence and stuff, what should I be doing to kind of, you know, counter this? Right. So there's I a Bruce Wayne that. story here. And it's a villain nobody's seen in that's live action so cool. ever. So that's my pick for the Batman. Um Man, it sounded like I just argued for a number one, but yeah, uh, I know. it really did. I, I was that's like, just a number. My that was a number is three. Be very well short comparatively, but well I will done. say you've kind of sold me on Peacekeeper because, like, I'm new to reading the comics with Peacekeeper. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the backstory at all. I just kind of popped right in, and I'm like, oh, this is just how it is right yeah. now, and I love. I love that story. So yeah. now I'm totally on it and I'm going to replace mine with Peacekeeper. And I would steal some future state <laughs> stuff like Dark Detective, stuff mm -hmm. like that, and like make that version of Batman and kind of yeah. throw him out Because this world fits so well with the kind of retrograde stuff that Dark Detective dips yeah. into. Mm -hmm. It would feel right at home oh, yeah. in the Batman. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so, I, yeah. I love that pick. It's a great All pick. right, my next? Okay, so my third pick, which is completely out of order, I'm so sorry, Peter, uh, <laughs> is actually, I did some deep diving on Batman characters because as you guys know, I am a 2020 comic book reader. Uh, I started yeah. doing all of the like deep dives of comic reading in 2020. So I had a lot of uh, makeup work to get to know a lot of these villains. And I obviously know all of the ones that have already been featured in every movie. And it's easy for me to say Penguin and the Riddler and Joker and like all of that. But yeah. um, I started kind of like checking out lists online, like what, who are the best? And I, one that really spoke to me was Hush. Um, I was very intrigued by the fact that this villain knows the identity 
of Bruce Wayne. Oh my gosh, I love this so much. And I don't know the like super dark history and all of the all of the bells and whistles, but I do know that he that makes for a compelling story already. The mm -hmm. fact that in this past movie, you know, Batman was freaked out that the Riddler knew who he was the whole time. Well, what if now someone actually does and it's someone that you knew from childhood? And um, and obviously, like the sewing of the skin, the surgical aspect is very creepy and weird. Um, and I love the bandage wrap. I think it's really creepy. And that's obviously like that's the iteration I would like. There, I, you guys were talking to me earlier about kind of this character's backstory and how he can take like Catwoman's heart <laughs> and Batman's face. And like, I, I think that's a little much, but yeah, if, you, if you kind of <laughs> simplify it down and make it, you know, consumable um, in this world, I think it could be kind of freaky. I, he kind of freaks me out for sure. Uh, in the comics, some people said, would it be too close to the Riddler story, the first film? Um, no, mm -hmm. because if you know anything like the Hush storyline, the key of it is somebody Riddler was messing with you and there was a big fake out making you feel like you might know Bruce Wayne, but he doesn't. Hush does know Bruce Wayne. Like their childhood. And so the things that yeah. he does are very personal. Yeah. And like very messing with Bruce Wayne specifically, yeah. which is what knocks Batman kind of off balance is that this is somebody coming at Bruce Wayne yeah. and Batman at once. Ooh, so that gives me chills. That's yeah. very, very creepy. Matt, so. you now have to give us chills with your third thing. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I, I didn't mind in... Order, I think. So I'm going to go. I Okay, number one, I actually really love that there's so many relatively recent characters on this list just in general. This is awesome. So it's not just the regular row of people uh, that you normally see in a Batman list. We are trying. <laughs> For me, uh, I'm going to go with another recent addition in Ghostmaker. Uh, one, because of... I was looking for something that was kind of completely different than what the Batman did with the Riddler. So I'm like, okay, well, if I'm looking at something completely different, who's a person that can come in and challenge Batman on a level that like Riddler couldn't? And mm -hmm. if you're talking, well, he's challenging him in his mind and his detective skills, Ghostmaker is someone that can challenge him in his just physical fighting prowess. He's as skilled as Batman yeah. from a fighting and tech and uh, resources, he is. He brings everything that Bruce Wayne typically brings to a fight and has the upper hand in. So then the only way for him to really get the upper hand is to lean into his experience in his detective skills, which we've seen that Reeves can do really well with Batman and leans into that anyway. This has the, look, even this early in Batman's career in the Pattinson world, like Gotham's not great. <laughs> Gotham has a lot of issues and part of the storyline between these two is that they trained together for all these years and they kind of had a falling out because they really they were going about the same thing they wanted to make life better for people and protect but in a very different way and so they kind of diverged paths and then Ghostmaker literally shows up to Gotham and Gotham for the 90th time is like on fire and like someone just like took out Arkham and all these things. And he's like, dude, you what are you doing? Like, this is terrible. I'm going to come in and fix this and do the job that you couldn't do. I find that really interesting in Matt Reeves's hands, like for him to take plus if we saw that car chase. Like, imagine what Reeves can do with someone who literally these two could pull out swords. And just be dueling, and that would look amazing. Sick. You know, they could be yeah. using gadgets, and big, and the Batmobile comes in, and they're both on top. Like, there's so many, it opens up the canvas for Reeves in a really cool way, and it also makes sense because even in this world, Batman is feared, Batman is respected, 
but he's still like, there's so much corruption in the city. There's so many, you can make the argument that someone comes in and is like, I can do this better than you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I love that, that ability here. And that a new character. based on what we are kind of tying it in, what we we're talking about, like last week with Chip Zardesky, Zardesky's kind of, you know, Batman, the Knight. Mm-hmm. like, I would love to see, if you brought in Ghostmaker, I would also love to see what Reeves would do starting to peel back the yeah. backstory mm-hmm. of how Batman trained to be Batman. Right. Yeah. Because um, he's yeah. a fundamental part of that. And that would be interesting in Reeves' hands, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. See and, man, can you imagine that design on the, on the screen, on the big screen? Man, yeah, that would look sick. So, just in the darkness and then the little blue light. There's a man I believe can get shot and machine gun <laughs> fire in a hallway and be okay. Uh, yes. I agree. So <laughs> All right. All right. So my number two pick, and again, I think I'm out of order here, but we're going to go with it. So my number two pick was the ventriloquist and Mr. Scarface. Um, Okay, so Matt Reeves, obviously, you know, the first, there were a lot of blueprints for this first Batman movie. One of the biggest obvious influences was Seven, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the Riddler being John Doe of that movie. So Matt Reeves' Gotham is a kind of freaky place. There are killers and just freaky people lurking around every corner in this noir kind of film noir world. And I don't think there's anybody who kind of nails a kind of, and if you know anything about noir, having people who are, you know, eccentric looking or really freaky looking nefarious types is a big staple of it. So that's why you get like Penguin, this version of Penguin and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, the ventriloquist is such a weird character (laughs) and so scary. And it can do, and him and like Toy Man are two DC characters that like can be so silly, but also so scary when done right. Toy Man, they just leaned completely into the, creepy factor (laughs) and it's like the ventriloquist is just it's a good kind of thing because in matt reeves world you saw these people kind of doing things with masks and voice and these other identities and these kind of ideas about how other identities can kind of swallow you up and what better character to kind of bring that idea out than mr scarface and the ventriloquist and it's a good casting thing like i feel like if you got somebody really funny who you wouldn't expect like to do this, like I would love Patton Oswalt to be like the oh, man. somebody like really unexpected who would then be really creepy when you saw them in this kind of context and you get somebody good to like voice the dummy, like it'd be cool if you got an Easter egg like Danny DeVito or something like, oh my gosh. somebody really nuts yeah. to voice the dummy. <laughs> That's a great yeah. <laughs> But, um, and, and I wouldn't necessarily make, cause this kind of reflected a, a thing I was gonna say, but you know, I don't think Mr. Scarface can necessarily carry a whole movie, mm-hmm. but this is the Batman, like we said, it's a whole universe. So mm-hmm. you don't have to just pick one right. person and That's carry all true. the weight. That's yeah. um, true, yeah. I would put, Given what's happened in Gotham, Mr. Scarface would be one of any number of kind of secondary Batman characters who are just crazy killers, mm-hmm. serial killers, Mr. Zazz, Mr. You know, Professor Pig, like all oh, these man. people. Professor Pig. I mean, oh, like he's not on the list. But like, I mean, this is but Mr. Scarface is just kind of like the most kind of like the one I would like the best. But I would I would assume part of the story of the Batman too would be Batman having to go into a Gotham that is now again even more right for yeah. some pretty dark stuff to be happening because mm-hmm. nobody's checking yeah. and starting to bust down killers like this and Scarface would be a great one to kind of put in there. Because again, mm-hmm. not live action movie, I don't see better opportunities for that. So, so good. Yeah. Yeah. I cool. hope that happens to you. Yeah, I mean, I'm down. I, I Honestly, I love all the villains. I feel like honestly, Batman has my favorite villains ever. It's and, hard to argue that if we were yeah. to do a ranking of like best villains, it's between him and Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's I no love, other two that have that good a rogues gallery. I love them. And deep a bench. Uh, X Men's yeah. probably the only one other one. Oh gosh. Okay, well we're not talking about one person though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say like no, yes, no, I yeah. agree because yeah, if you're if you're talking just like 
If you're comparing it that way, yeah, how can you not pick X-Men? <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, single character Spider-Man, Batman easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a good point. Uh, okay, so my second pick um, is actually going to be Poison Ivy. And yeah. this is because we need some female representation. Let's go. Uh, I, and also, guys, I, I've seen her cartoony and goofy and like like Uma's version, and then we obviously have Ivy from the animated Harley mm -hmm. Quinn, which is a really cool version. I would love to see a very, very dark and creepy version of Poison Ivy, like on the big screen. Um, and not so like funny and cheeky, but like scary. And I would love to see her and Catwoman interact. Oh my gosh, that would be so sick. Like, yeah. oh, that fight would be so fun. Um, and yeah, I, I I know that Poison Ivy is a very common one. Everybody knows Poison Ivy, but I feel like in this world, she could be so cool. So. Yeah, but she hasn't had a lot of big screen love. Yeah. Like she's had the one. Mm -hmm. Like, and, yeah. and it's so unique to yeah. the Joel Schumacher <laughs> Batman stuff. You could it's really it's cheeky and funny yeah. and like and sexy, but I so would a love semi serious to see, like, one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, just a brilliant kind would of would be so. I mean, herbologist who knows everything about like you know natural poisons mm -hmm. and all kinds you know, of would stuff. Would be so fun, and we've yeah. seen her really in the cool. in the books flex her power set. Her power set, and even in the Arkham games, like you're seeing here. Oh yeah, I love her. Power in the sets games. immense. It can do so many things. It can wall off. I mean, she's walled off pieces of a city before, and yeah. like had that be her. Uh, territory like amongst the, you can work that in. And that's what actually I really love about Reeves is that he mm -hmm. doesn't shy away from the comic bookness of the characters and stuff, but he still makes it feel like all. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, she could be growing something under Gotham. Yeah. Like, there's yeah, all kinds of stuff. You could do true. creepy Cronenberg plant stuff. Like there's a lot of stuff. Good pick Bruce says, I want Poison Ivy from the Hush comic book run. Oh yeah, I mean, I'd controlling see, people, yeah. that's also a great one. Yeah, Matt, what'd you pick for number two? Okay, so I went, in my thinking, I went, okay, I went hardcore with, with like fighting and combat focused with Ghostmaker. So I need to then do something that is probably smacking Reeves' wheelhouse. And I'm going to do something that you could work with all the underground stuff. And that is cheer. Because this character is also, this character is even more, probably the most recent addition, I believe. I think he was last year. So most recent addition to the Batman canon. I think the concept is really interesting only because this was in Batman um, Urban Legends. And this character essentially develops a drug that allows you to kind of see your life and see how things have worked out and essentially like kind of live your dreams to a degree. But he, the way he's pushing it, he's very Joker-like, but not so, like he's not, he's not crazy. He, he kind of is, can talk to you and ironically, as we'll get to later, uh, he works with uh, Mr. Freeze in this particular thing because he's trying to get to the root of what would make Batman happy. And when he finally captures him, there's a really interesting issue. This was like a six part series within that. And there's a really interesting thing where you actually see the moment that would make Batman the most blissfully happy. And it's pretty violent. Like what you see in that moment, because yes, he's like the Bat family's healed, but the Bat family's healed is because he finally killed Joker. And he's sitting there above Joker and he's like, I did it and my family can heal. And it's just some really interesting concepts that you can explore there. And one of the things we didn't get to do much of in Batman was explore Bruce Wayne. And that element of Pattinson's Batman is still kind of underdeveloped. On I mean, that was a purposeful thing. He focused mm -hmm. more on the other stuff. 
but I think this would give him a ripe, like just a full runway to really explore that, really lean into. Now, obviously, you would have to make some changes because in Matt Reeves's world right now, the Bat family only really consists of like, hey, are they kind of are they dating or not? Catwoman. There's no Robin. Mm-hmm. There's no Nightwing and Batgirl and stuff. So maybe this would be something you could plant. Like you're talking about Scarface. Put him in the world, have this drug be a thing and work it into your plot and then have him become a villain, like a full on villain later on. But it's more the concepts with this character and the design is really striking and you can make him more fun. You can kind of have that Joker fun without having to full on go Joker. And it seems like Reese wants to do a darker Joker. So let you do that and you get your kind of lighthearted fun with this character. I think he would be a perfect fit for what Reeves does really well. I, I think he would work. That's my second pick. I think you're nuts. But I'm kidding. <laughs> Cheers a good one. Um, yeah. Cheers a good one. I mean, why shouldn't Joker even have a Joker family? Like, you should get more variations on Joker. Why not? My top pick, just to wrap this all up, I went for the easy, low-hanging fruit of the Court of Owls. Oh, yeah. Um, this is easy because Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson have both said, that'd be awesome if we did the Court of Owls. Yeah. And it's an easy one to see them having probably already started to think about, because as we said, Gotham is in a pretty sad state at the end of the Batman. It's flooded, it's destroyed. And if there's somebody who's going to be really pissed about this, it's going to be the people who have literally built their power structure into the infrastructure and and buildings of Gotham City. So what Riddler did really did, I mean, in exposing, if you know anything about the Court of Owls, they're this kind of mystical themed, supernatural themed kind of cabal of powerful people in Gotham and rich and powerful families who, and across the world really, but you know, based in Gotham, who built, literally built Gotham back in the old days and built themselves all kinds of secret layers and tunnels and all this stuff. So cool. And maintain order through using these undead assassins that they kind of mummify and, and, you know, resurrect called Talons, who kill who needs to be killed and helps steer society the way the court wants it to be. So you can imagine with that kind of premise, what Riddler did would, you know, make these people really mad. Him exposing and tearing down a power structure that, you know, obviously the court would be backing for it to have lasted with Falcone and all that. Yeah. Somebody had to be back behind that. Everybody answers to somebody. Falcone probably answered to these people. Riddler tore all that apart, exposed all that secret, and then flooded the actual town. So if you're the Court of Owls, he just screwed up everything for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And yeah. you need to get Gotham back under control. Or at the very least, as Batman's dealing with whatever he's dealing with, maybe Mr. Scarface out there or whoever else, he begins to get clues that there is something going on here. Like there is a larger hand at work. Dude, that's been so creepy with Gotham. the kid. Yeah. Like the kid, the yeah. kid with the mask. Yeah. Like I'm so creeped and out. So, like, They're like staring at me. <laughs> all the things about, you know, wealth and privilege and all that stuff. Again, this would affect Bruce Wayne as much as Batman. And it's stuff that was kind of brought up a little haphazardly in the Batman about, you know, who are you? Where do you come from? You know, are you from a world of wealth and privilege? Do you know how to help this city and all this stuff? And uh, yeah. And the original Court of Owls story made Batman go on a pretty psychedelic interior trip, mm-hmm. so there's kind of elements of that. And even though Matt Reeves might not want to do the undead talent thing, you know, just having scenes of secret ninja-like assassins yeah. who sticking around Gotham taking oh, people out is freaky as hell this. and yes. right up his alley. And the great yes. thing is you could get a bunch of actors who, just like Ethan Hawke and Moon Knight, don't have to do anything super villainish. Mm-hmm. They're just creepy in those 
owl masks. <laughs> they and, really are. You know, God. conversation scenes of kind of throwing around their power just through words because they're mm -hmm. rich aristocrats. Right. And so, like, yeah, that would be great. I'd love to see the Court of Owls. And they're a group that I also tried to do this thinking of people you could do in a larger Batman, the Batman universe. Mm -hmm. And Court of Owls is something you could do and build up to before you even got here. Right. Um, through like the Penguin series, the Arkham series, kind of hints that there is this group controlling things yeah. before you actually got to the Batman too, so. That is awesome. That's my top pick. Court of Owls, baby, that. let's go. All right, so my top pick, I will say, I see you, Bruce Wayne, in the chat. Deathstroke would be my number one for this hypothetical list. Did I not? I said yes, that. Yes, I, did, she did say I Deathstroke. I almost chose Deathstroke, and, uh, and the only reason why I did not choose Deathstroke is because I am Janelle Wheeler, <laughs> and I have, and, and I have to say the Joker. I have to. I'm not even allowed to pick someone else. So if you've been tuning in for a long time, you know that I am a huge Joker fan, and so so uh, pretty much it's the same idea, low hanging fruit. Like they've already kind of set them up in this teaser thing that they released. And I really am intrigued in this version of, oh God, he creeps me out so bad. Yeah, this know. footage, he's disgusting. Like this is a Joker I've never seen before. This is not a Jared Leto, oh, that's a sexy Joker. This is a, I'm petrified out of my mind. I do not want to be in the same room with this person. He is like completely out of control and have no idea where this is going. So I am so intrigued by this tiny little snippet that I want more. I really do. I really want to see where this is going. And I hope we get even just like, like you said, multiple villains. I hope that we get more of this. Cause yeah. oh my God. Oh my God. Ugh. It's Ugh. so oh creepy. My God. <laughs> I've it is so creepy. More creeped out by someone's hands. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't been around long. Yeah. Stop it. All right, Matt, your top pick. Let's wrap this all, all right, up. Last one. Okay, so I don't. I don't subscribe, by the way, to the, the low hanging fruit because some of the. I think these are all really great picks. <laughs> yeah. But I had to go classic with my with Love my top that. pick. And it's Mr. Freeze. There you Mr. go, everybody Freeze. in the chat. We yeah, had I know, I know. He I was saw just the top pick. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Freeze, man, is one of my favorite villains. He's, and like to your point earlier, where we've seen a lot of that character, but we haven't seen a lot of that character in the movies. Mm -hmm. We've had one, and it was and yeah. it was Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it was very specific, over-the-top feel. So Arkham is a perfect example of doing this character in a way that, you know, yes, you have the high-tech suit there, and it's a great boss battle, but there's still a lot of really interesting, rich character stuff there, because this character, at, at his heart, is sympathetic mm -hmm. you understand it's an easily like easily to explain premise he's trying to save his wife mm -hmm. so all the things he does are to that goal and and a lot of the comics and stuff like that especially later on batman I, identifies with him in a way and he mm -hmm. actually tries to help him at several different points he's he's kind of rooting for him yeah but he just you know goes about it in the wrong way sometimes he gets mixed up in other people's plots matt reeves has already established like you have all these plots going on right there's all these kind of factions trying to gain territory in the city and push their power you could easily insert him into this and have someone just taking advantage of him hey i can give you the resources to get your wife to like recover where she can actually be alive again and everything. You just need to do this for me. I need your tech. There's so many ways to automatically just push him into this world. And I'd love to see what Reeves does with the tech and everything, but it's the story at the root of it. I think it would just be really interesting. Plus who doesn't love a 
like ice-filled Gotham. That has been such a yeah. thing we've seen over the years, whether it's like because it's taking place at Christmas time or Mr. Freeze's Frozen Half the City. <laughs> it's just a, like an iconic depiction of Gotham at this point to be covered That's in ice great. and snow. That would be an amazing jump. So I think Mr. Freeze is a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. I hope he does it because it's going to take someone with skill to not screw it up. So yeah. that's my pick. All right. And so those are our top picks for the Batman 2 villain. We will be releasing a graphic that shows just our whole lineup on social media after this. So be sure to kind of follow us at Comic Book Nation on Twitter so you can kind of get the results page and weigh in on your Batman villain, your Batman 2 villain picks and all of that good stuff and just to keep up with us in general. So, yeah. at Comic Book Nation on Twitter. Let's move into comics. Matt, oh, what do yeah. we got this week for our comics section? Big comics. This was hard to actually nail down to just a couple and you're going to see where we ended up just like, we got to talk about that anyway. <laughs> There's a lot of these in this, in this week. So let's start with Justice League number 75, which is the issue that has all been building to. It is labeled the death of the Justice League. It lives up to that name. By the way, spoilers incoming for all of these books we're about to talk about, especially this one, because it's kind of hard. It's not yeah. even a spoiler. Yeah. It's hard to get around <laughs> what we're going to talk about here. Um, Death of the Justice League finally shows us how they go. It is at times as violent and other times not as violent as you're kind of expecting. It's, it's very much a setup for Dark Crisis as well that's coming down. All this stuff is kind of converging at the same time. If you've been paying attention to DC Comics for a minute, you, all of these plot lines have, will converge. We have the Justice League Incarnate involved in this issue as well. And by the way, one of the things that we kind of talk about here is that it's not just the Justice League that dies. It's, you, you actually learn about the death of all of these major figures in DC's line. And while you might have been reading some of that in like Infinite Frontier, here it's like confirmed that, you know, Spectre's dead. Like these huge, larger than life characters are all dead. And then we also lose the Justice League Incarnate, which is such a bummer because like, it feels like we just got them. <laughs> and there's so many interesting characters there. President They're all Superman. gone. Uh, we knew we, he was going first. We, yeah. knew, we knew ahead of time that there would be one character that survived and that would kind of be the one to tell everybody else that, hey, the Justice League is yeah, dead. Thanos is coming. I mean, the <laughs> Justice League. <laughs> I was hoping it would be Black Adam. Hey! I was shocked. It's Black Adam. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I knew he would survive. Wow. He's because too wily to If die. you've been reading Justice League over the past like year, I would say Black Adam is a constant highlight, what they've been doing with him in that book, and just how he how he's paired with everybody. And also there's an amount of, when we talk to Joshua Williamson, there's an amount of distrust there with the other heroes who are like, okay, but you're Black Adam. I, did you kill him? Like there's <laughs> there's kind of really interesting threads to go forward here. Mm. But you know, most of the issue is actually not the death. It's kind of this lead up to this big army. You see Darkseid and all these huge villains from DC's past brought back as his just as Pariah's army to kind of move forward and can reclaim our world. So all of that set up, it was pretty epic. We'd known about it, it was hyped. Did you think it met the hype? What did you think about the issue overall? Like, what, what do you feel? I think that DC has just spun itself into like, I know we say we were giving out DC needs to learn, we're fixing DC saying it needs to lean into this multiverse thing. Like they need to lean a little bit out of this multiverse thing in the comics. Mm. Because it feels like every year now we have to go back into the multiverse. There's another story. It's getting more and more complicated. I was reading this and like going back and having to like look at Infinite Frontier and be like, okay, wait, yeah, who's Pariah? Yeah, right. So like there's just so much that's so confusing about this multiverse at this point. Um, but the actual battle scene was really cool. Yeah. 
and really exciting. The artwork in this was gorgeous. Yeah. And like, yeah, Black Adam escaping, using the Shazam thing to escape and get away yeah. from Pariah was great. And uh, it is like Infinity War. It is very much Infinity War, but mm -hmm. uh, it was still entertaining. And it is a storyline I will want to follow. Yeah. Yeah, just because. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I'm in total agreement. It, it was just cool to see. I mean, it was traumatic also. Yeah. Like, <laughs> The way that they show, like, the skin being blown off of their faces oh, yeah. and turning into skulls, like, it was very, very intense. Like, I was like, hey, wait, am I, is this real? Like, am I really watching this happen? Like, no way. This has to be, like, a flash yeah. forward or, like, I, this is fake. They're going to fake us out. No, it it's real. Uh, and I was, it was... It was alarming, but in a really good way. And the yeah. artwork was really cool. And the way that he depicted it was yeah. really, really, really cool. Well, that was one of the things, too, that this book does do is Williamson is very much a fan of the crisis events. So if you're reading this and you've read all of the different crisis events, you will see a lot of little, not even Easter eggs, but just homages and and weaving in some of those tales. Even pariahs, weaving in someone as kind of important as that. It's a side character in those things. And now to be brought in as kind of the main antagonist is really interesting. There's a lot of interesting concepts here. I agree with Kofi to an extent of, I don't even think you need to lean out of the multiverse thing. I think it's just DC has a lot of books where you can just jump in, even like the Batman world. You can jump in at different points periodically mm -hmm. and enjoy them for what, for what they are and then move with the story yeah. from there. Mega events in DC is very opposite. If you're not keeping up with, at least, I would say at least two or three kind of important books in their whole architecture on a regular basis. It's it can be very just like what am I? What is this? Like what am I? What am I seeing? If you're not reading Wonder Woman and keeping up with like what's happened to her since Metal, mm -hmm. if you're not keeping up with like the Incarnate Group because all of this stuff has been building in there as well, it's just a lot. And if you're not enamored in that universe. It can be very just like, I don't feel like I know what the half of is going on. I don't know. Maybe they need to figure out that problem. Yeah. But I love the multiverse stuff. So, yeah. um, well, luckily I was okay with everything going on and I totally followed. I was like totally following everything, which is great. Yeah. No, agreed. <laughs> so let's move into the next DC book. Ironically, it's Rogues number two, which is a completely different tone than Justice League <laughs> 75. Rogues, we loved the first issue, and this one is just kind of more of that, this group of just older <laughs> villains who are all at different walks of life at this point, and all just trying to, half of them, they just want the big score, but, you know, it's also like sometimes their powers don't quite work, they, they exhaust them at other times, they don't have the resources they once did, they're just trying to get to the big gold point in Gorilla City, but also I love the Gorilla City part because actually most of this issue takes place in Gorilla City and it actually leans into like the politics and what's going on there, who's in charge. They just, there's a, so much world building in this and it's just really impressive. That was kind of what <laughs> I was more taken away by. No, 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 I mean, okay. I wasn't guessing. This one was just so weird compared to the first yeah. one. Yeah. Like this one really opens the door to a much bigger story mm -hmm. where it was just kind of these low rent, like you mm -hmm. said, blue collar ex supervillains just trying to get a heist together. And then in this one, we're like in Gorilla City and then all of a sudden this story just jumps into like, all the gorilla silly city, like yeah. gangsters yeah. and detectives and this whole other kind of weird film noir world of gorillas. And I was just like, I did not it see that coming. It was a lot. Yeah, yeah so this issue was very different than the first one, but I'm still, I mean, 
the core of it is still working, which is the interaction between the rogues mm -hmm. and this kind of version of them and, you know, them trying to pull off this heist as this kind of ragtag crew, yeah, which I agree. still works in its core, but it was just such a, like... It was just such a jump from the first. Issue. There's like a 25 percent of the issue <laughs> dedication to just the oh, yeah. things going on in Krillis. Yeah. you're like, okay, oh. yeah, yeah. It was wild, but it was cool. I, I mean, I'm I'm intrigued by it too, and it's its own thing, and I yeah. like it for what it is. It's it's a fun read. Yeah, I agree. And do you think this works? Because I feel like this is just made for bringing into a screen. I don't know if it's the big screen or the small screen. Know. What works like better for you? I, I think they would, but I, I can tell you, if they ever adapt this, the first thing they're going to do is cut Gorilla City. Oh, into something yeah. Else. Oh, yeah. for sure. Or keep it'll be it Central as the, City. It'll just yeah, be like, yeah, or something. Even yeah. if they keep Gorilla City, they would keep it as a as a concept and like an endpoint. Yeah. But I don't think you would see all this stuff leaning into Grodd, leaning yeah, into all that. It I would don't be think them just going from point A to point B. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Um, or just like sneaking into Grodd's base or something. You got you got a budget for one gorilla. Yeah, I think it, I think HBO Max would be a perfect. Oh yeah, home no, for this that. would be. But this as a character general. study. Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. a character study as just them trying to pull this heist and just doing that. Like it would be great. Like pulling yeah. like any heist, rogues would be really really yeah. cool on HBO. Especially if they can be like language and yes, violence exactly, yeah. and like really play up how like ragtag they are. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, agreed. Poll winner time. Thank you guys for voting as always. Mm. We have the amazing Spider-Man number one. And uh, I gotta say- I tried, we tried to get- We, we did, I voted too, by the I way. I voted. Yeah, I voted I for Batman. I got my Twitch community to vote, we were trying. I am unashamed I'm gonna vote. You guys love Spider-Man. <laughs> Voted for Spider-Man number one, this is the- <laughs> Coming off of the kind of multi-creator thing, now it's Zeb Wells taking uh, taking the reins. And we also have, and I know I'm gonna get grief from Jim. Jim's in the chat right now, <laughs> waiting for me to say anything negative about John Romita Jr.'s artwork. <laughs> I, I will get to that, that in a second. This is, we're kind of launching a brand new jumping on point. And that's, there's a lot of really interesting things in here. I don't, we just came off of a thing where I felt like we spent a lot of time getting Peter back. We, we were going through the Ben O'Reilly stuff, yeah. we were going to Beyond thing, we were kind of really exploring Peter's family and for once, like he actually had people that were supporting him and everything, but he was recovering, right? And he's typically the one fighting for other people. So it was, it was really interesting change of pace, but you still had this group of people that loved him and he was okay, Peter was okay. And now we jump into a thing where like, no one likes Peter. <laughs> Peter's like dropped the ball, like his friendships. Yeah, it is an interesting take. MJ has kids yep. with someone else evidently. They're calling her mommy. The, the, the villain stuff is actually really interesting. I love all the tombstone things that are going on. Yeah, in somehow tombstones are interesting in this. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot. So, but I was just, I came off so conflicted about this. Also, no, I am not the, I used to be a huge John Romita Jr. fan. And then after a certain amount of time, <laughs> I just, I don't know. There's just something about his artwork. This just doesn't click with me The man days. gave me very unreal, as a child in the 90s, the man gave me very unrealistic expectation for female cheekbones. <laughs> but luckily I met those expectations and, you know, 20 plus years since. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Way to bring that one home. And I let her know that you know every year she needs to send like uh, you know Harry and David's baskets and one Mr. John Ramita Jr. just so that he can uh, send some pairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he can just send some pairs because uh, I mean the way he draws body, it's like Rob Liefeld. We joke about with legs, but Ramita with uh, the cheekbones and the faces, the blocky art. I mean it's it's a signature, but. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't stand the art. I, oh, like, wow. It Coming was, in hot. It Janelle was Wheeler. so difficult for me to follow the story because I I was so distracted by the art. Why are you not wrong? Why do you hate Lego people? Why it do you guys not, hate Lego people? It was She's just the wrong. faces. I was like, is that a mask on that person's face? Oh, my. Yeah. Wow. I'm, Serious. Look, I I know. I, where's the comment? Is the the comment? opinions of Janelle Wheeler are not those of Comic Book Nation, Comic Book Dom, CB Paramount, or its affiliates. Thank you. No, it's I, okay. So he spoiled. hasn't. I'm amazed he hasn't commented yet. I yeah. yeah I look. I'm. I just don't. If Jim must style be is not for me. Yeah, he must be it distracting. It was distracting. I, like honestly, the book is actually probably better, and, and the story is probably better. But I was distracted by some of the artwork, and yeah. that is the, just the truth because I, I couldn't focus. I was more focusing on that. In the story. So, Matt, who do you got? John Romita Jr. or Chris Bacalo? Oh, oh, dude, Bacalo all the You're way. Crazy. It's one of my favorite artists. Crazy. What are you talking you are about? Crazy. Chris Bacalo is a fantastic <laughs> yeah. artist, and his Spider-Man yeah. is stellar. Just this one. I just love how he can make anything a Where's Waldo. You know, like <laughs> just do anything a Where's Waldo. Let's just sift That's through this picture true. and find what we need to find. Uh, We're getting I mean, way off topic. <laughs> let's mean, keep yeah, moving. Mean. All right, so That's let's um, let's talk about Spider-Man. All right, uh, I did not care for it. <laughs> I, I don't know what is going on. Spider-Man seems to be thriving everywhere except in Marvel Comics as Peter Parker. Like mm. it's, this was not an exciting relaunch for me. I was just like, yeah, uh, okay. Like it's kind of familiar status quo Peter except now he's more of a douche and people are in weird <laughs> situations. Like I feel like this is just, I feel like Spider-Man is just fringe now. Like every season we just take oh the same God. people but we just keep rearranging reality into something different. It's just not very likable right now. And it's just not interesting. There's yeah. nothing happening. I don't care why MJ has kids. Like, I'm tired of Peter and MJ. Give me, give Peter Parker somebody new to, like, get into. Whoa, like, whoa. Like, enough <laughs> with it. It, well, it didn't start as MJ. It started as Gwen. I know, but, like, that's the that's one of the things I love, but they keep screwing with it and just <laughs> let it be. Just let them be happy. Like, is no. that so hard? Like, the, to, like, Aunt May, let like, the whole dynamic with him and Aunt May, him and MJ... Having Doc Ock just locked in a wheel, like, I mean, this was just all, none of it's interesting. Someone's playing Wheel of Fortune yeah. with None with of it's Doc interesting. Ock. It's like, somebody's got to uh, really come up with a fresh way to really give Spider-Man, like, a fresh, exciting... I would love Spider-Man to do what it did and go back to... Because Spider-Man used to be a big mystery comic, like, a lot of storylines were mysteries. We didn't find out who Green Goblin was for, like, ever. Mm -hmm. Like, and it was a huge mystery. Yeah, but they kind of did that with Kindred and all that, and it just didn't but that, those well. are stupid mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> that still try to do nostalgia. We want like, good mysteries. Like yeah, something get, new, like a new mystery for Spider-Man and a new status quo that is like kind of challenging and has mystery and stuff like that. Like, please. I might just have to write this. So here's should, the thing. You should just talk about Star Wars. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a perfect segue to Star <laughs> yeah, Wars. Star Wars, Wars yeah. Why don't you so, this week, just getting into mentions because we're going to get out of here soon. But um, yeah, Star Wars Crimson Reigns next issue is out. And it, the third issue was kind of a weird backstory about this you know, chronicler who was looking in on the history of things. But this one gave us some pay dirt. It was the Knights of Ren versus Darth Vader, and it was a, it was a heist. The Knights of Ren pull a heist at Castle Vader oh, on Mustafar. Cool. And uh, yeah, this was a kind of an unknown chapter that's really cool for anybody who liked the sequel trilogy and, you know, loves the original trilogy. Seeing Ren and Vader kind of face off was really interesting. And it was done in a way that's interesting setup for what happens later with Kylo Ren, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, and that whole legacy. So Star Wars, again, is 
the comics are going back and improving on that trash sequel trilogy movie run oh, and just like helping to oh, fill in a lot of this gap. How honest we're being today. So much spice. Uh, yeah, so much peppering. Um, but uh, so there's, so Crimson Rain and Kira continues to be a very intriguing figure. I'm getting kind of impatient. I want to see how they're setting this up in Crimson Rain and Kira for the larger franchise. But uh, this comic is good and check this out because this issue is, again, just Vader versus the Knights of Ren. What's more to say? Comics have been killing it in the yeah. Star Wars universe, man. So last book, because yes, it lost the vote. However, dang it, I wanted to talk Matt about Matt has his own insurrection to get it here. This book want, is too good. I, I need to read this. It's so good. Okay, Batman Beyond the White Knight, number two. We talked about the first issue a little bit briefly. But my word, okay, so at the end of the last issue, they had a big hook. And I was kind of, I was a little trepidatious because the hook was, hey, Jack slash Joker might still be alive because older Bruce Wayne broke out of prison and finds and sees him in front of him, right? So you're like, okay, please don't do what like Arkham Knight did and take what could be a promising thing and then just kind of fizzle, let it fizzle out and not really go anywhere with it. So what I love here is that right off the bat, first three pages, they establish exactly what he is and it's very practical. Like he literally before, before while they were going back and forth, he implanted a little device. He got a little device and implanted it in Bruce's head. And it's just been like sitting there collecting data. So essentially now he's kind of like Bruce's Cortana. He essentially, because Whoa. Bruce is going very low grade, he's very going, like he's going very, he can't do tech because in this new Gotham, they can pick up tech. They have all wow. these sensors and they're monitoring things because it's kind of become an, an authoritarian state, even though everybody's like, hey, we're happy. And there's no crime, but it's kind of, they don't have any freedom, right? So cool. now Joker is kind of the, his ability to be able to tap in and go, he analyzes things for him. At one point, he ends up, like this cover suggests, he ends up fighting Dick Grayson, who is now the head of the agency trying to hunt Bruce, right? And Jack is like, reading him for weaknesses and, and help him. And, wow. But Bruce hates this idea. Bruce yeah. hates that he's in his head. He hates this. So there's this fun back and forth between them. But there is a scene that after Bruce absolutely pones Grayson. B by the way, being been in prison for 10 years, <laughs> has no tech, and he still like just owns Grayson at one point and then ties him up. And then Barbara Gordon, who is now the commissioner, of the very like, oh, we don't care about the GCPD anymore because we have this fancy new GTO, comes and finds him and she's like, boy, this just must, this must just piss you off. Like her her expression and everything as she comes <laughs> up is so good. And while they're older, the shadows, Sean Murphy does this thing where he actually draws them as their characters in superhero form in the shadows. So every time you see them, you see them, but you also in the shadows see like Batgirl or you Ooh, see Nightwing or you see Batman. It's a really cool artistic really thing. Cool. And then when you get to the end of this issue and there's this like huge thing of he finally reunites with Harley Quinn and he's there and he finds a new suit and everything that he left behind. And then it turns out they're married and that's how it ends. She's like my husband and Jack's here like and, they, oh and he goes, God. excuse me, what? <laughs> and that's how like the issue ends. Wow. There's just so much interesting stuff they're doing in this world. If you are not reading this world, just period, go back and check out the trades. There's three different trades. If you include the Harley Quinn series, which was also excellent. Just go read this. This is so good. This is so fun. Okay, there you go. Detailed something from Matt. Obviously, the one he really wanted to talk about. Anti Spider Man. <laughs> so, uh, there you go. Beyond the White Knight. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Ooh. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we are live every Friday on Twitch, 
Facebook, and YouTube for our live stream show. If you miss it, that's okay. You can replay it immediately afterward on any of those platforms. If you just want to get into the podcast of it all, we are on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So be sure to subscribe to Comic Book Nation on all of those platforms and follow us at Twitter, at Comic Book Nation. Or if you want to check us out individually, I am at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Matt Aguilar CB. And I am at Janelle Wheeler. As always, we want to thank you guys and have a good week. Next week, it'll be time for Multiverse of Madness and the future of the MCU. Be sure to be here for that and everything else that could happen leading up to that. See you guys later. Peace. Comic Book Nation, we're out. Bye, guys. (laughs)